0: Today on The Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Adam Oldfield, the president and CEO of FPM and FPM3 Marketing, and, of course, the CEO of Vacuuman, who sponsored this program, joins us once again. I hope you're having a good week, bud. Thanks so much for the time
1: yeah my pleasure bill. I think this was twice in one week. I think we've uh we 've had the chance to of talking. I mean so many things happening in technology and so forth and uh you know I could tell you it's it 's great that we 're going to get a little warmer weather uh, it 's probably the last before we actually start shivering and freezing and and so forth. Uh, but uh, just to jump right into it, I want to share with you that uh, uh, Vacuman, we're now part of the community, as you know, and uh, sponsoring our Tech Talk show. Uh, we're now a member of the Rotary Club of Hamilton. Uh, Way to go. I managed to. I jumped right in and supported and you know with all these things happening right now Bill with COVID and all of the elements of where we're all working from home and all that I have to say that uh, the Rotary Club of Hamilton's done very well like many organizations using virtual connections so the old method of going out for lunch or morning breakfast meetings and you know collaborating with fellowship and otherwise they're doing it now in a remote environment, making it extremely capable that anyone can be able to grab lunch, which you should, take out, keep our restaurants actively involved, and now you can do virtual meetings. So there's no reason why you can't have a virtual uh, environment or be part of a, a service club uh, in this day and age.
0: And, and I know you've been a member, as, of course, with FPM and FPM3 Marketing, too, and very active with Rotary. So good on Man. That's great news.
1: Yeah, we're very excited to participate in. And I mean, we're really rooting ourselves inside the community here. Uh, you know, kind of like really trying to, uh, well, you know, as a Hamiltonian myself, I just can't seem to get out of the cities. It's like, I can't get, I just kind of root myself right back into it. So uh, I'm gonna be actively assisting them uh, in their future tech environment. Um, and so if uh, anyone's looking to join or wanna participate or be supportive, uh, just reach out to the Rotary Club at Hamilton website and you'll be able to join and, and uh, we'll get you on online without the fear of needing to be in close contact with anyone
0: all right let's let's delve into some of this stuff here did you ever think in your wildest imagination and you do have a wild imagination uh that on november the 6th we'd be talking about air conditioning but look at the temperature and we are talking about air conditioning (laughs)
1: Well, again, I look at it as this is the time to talk about it before we get into the new year, right? So summer's over, but we got a little warm spell about to kick in. And there's a new, very cool, if you're living in an apartment, you may not have standard ductwork like a normal home or, or uh, otherwise, or it may be a commercial office environment. Anyway, the Celio Breeze Echo Smart AC is an option for you, and it's, it's probably the most inexpensive. And I wanted to bring this up because we talk about controlling our smart devices um, or smart homes, Uh, and this is one I thought was really, really cool. It's like a window wall unit air conditioner, and you can control it. Directly from your smartphone. So launching it is, is probably the worst time because we're going into the winter months. But if you're looking for that unit, um, maybe short term while it's still warm, or you may be looking for something in the new year when you're looking at summer to come, this is a phenomenal product you want might want to consider. It's a wall unit, straps directly to your wall or to your window, and you can control it, all of it, all within the uh, uh, your handy little uh, app on your smartphone device.
0: Very cool, very cool. Uh, I want to talk about the right to repair. This is the state of Massachusetts now uh has passed this law, which is very interesting. Maybe you could explain that.
1: Yeah, the reason I brought this up, uh, Bill, is because back uh, around January this year, uh, there was a bill that was trying to be passed in Ontario, and it got turned down. It was a private member's bill that they were trying to uh, pass. And when we talk about right to repair, this is something of which I believe was very, very uh, significant for two reasons. Uh, one, we should have a right to repair. You should be able to go to any mechanic or any repair shop and have your vehicle maintained and repaired. That's part of the freedom of opportunity to have your products repaired anywhere. However, uh, our cars are becoming so sophisticated. They have so many components inside them. Uh, Just uh, to give you a perspective, the Cadillac uh, SUV has over 32 computer parts in it. So when we talk about repair, we're not just talking about tire changes, oil changes, uh, you know, radiator changes. We're talking about the actual repair of the electronics, uh, updating the system, reading what's going on. And so even in Ontario, uh, it hasn't passed yet. You may need to go to or you may find your mechanic might say to you, unfortunately, I I don't have the equipment uh, i can go up to a certain level and then i'm going to need to take it to an authorized dealer who only has uh the equipment to work on this uh vehicle well in massachusetts it just passed and why i think this is a milestone is the fact that now it will bring the opportunity that in the state of uh you ha- in the state of massachusetts you have to be able to make it a right to work meaning open data of, of electronics This is important for two purposes, one, you can get your car repaired by any mechanic for that matter, however, it also opens that data as the user, or you may not even know that Bill, when you and I talk about vehicles and Lexuses and otherwise, that our cars have a lot of information. Sure. And what information is being shared with the automotive? Uh, you know, when they plug it in, what is being shared? Where we go? What's being tracked? What information is actually being stored? And this has only been proprietary to the manufacturer. That changes. So this is something which I believe all of us, if you're purchasing a vehicle, you should have a right to know what is your vehicle doing? What is it saying? What is it storing? So this is a, in my opinion, it might sound like a, oh good, I can get my car repaired at uh, Billy's down the street. It's really about the fact that you have now open data available to you and you'll be able to get access to this data on your smartphone. It's not available in Canada yet, Bill. There's a passing bill that is currently in, I know, Congress to be reviewed. Uh, it was turned down in January i certainly hope this is going to roll out quickly now uh, not only in the in the united states but also in canada
0: absolutely uh we're watching a lot more tv we're streaming a lot more obviously because of the pandemic and we're staying close to home an awful lot of the time so they've done some some research on this and uh, the most popular genres of the kinds of movies we like to watch and i'm not surprised by the result here adam
1: Yeah, well, I mean, when we talk about, I'm not a big fan of horror films. I'll be honest with you, Bill. It's not an industry I look at and kind of go, ooh, I can't wait to see this. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. It's queer, you know, kind of gives me the queasies or whatever the issue is. But apparently, you know, prior to the whole COVID crisis, uh, a lot of Hollywood was turning down horror film uh, development. And what's even more interesting, it's one of the most profitable uh, movies the industries and cultures that were being produced. So, uh, I mean, I'm not maybe a character of which could be uh, promoting this, but why I'm sharing this information is that Netflix, Amazon, um, not so much Disney. I guess Disney doesn't think horror films is in its genre or category to carry. However, I can tell you that Amazon and Netflix and Apple very much so are going to be putting a lot of their money and investments into creating uh, a larger group of horror films. And when I say horror films, I'm not talking about just the uh, uh, Jason and the Halloween. Uh, uh suspense films um so it's very for those of you that are very very uh passionate about those type of films and, and movies you can feel confident knowing that um all of our streaming networks are going and you and i just talked about what's happening in the streaming world just past week um they're going to see a lot more categories in that in uh, the horror film suspenseful film category
0: well, especially because, let's face it, with the demographic that does most s- the streaming is, is that, what, 17 to about 30 age bracket, and back in the day when we used to go to movie theaters, and I guess we're starting to get back to that now, uh, they're the ones that pack the theaters for the horror movies, so this is not really surprising.
1: No, it's not. And I think this has been one of the areas where Hollywood didn't really see, uh, you know, where they saw the value was that they were able to make money off of things like superheroes. You know, when we saw the big uh, DC comic Marvel comic line, um, there was so much more, not necessarily the movie was making the money. It was the residuals in the long term. So I, all I'm saying is that uh, with respect to the level of which categories of films we can see, it's very evident that uh, the streaming networks are going to be putting heavily investments into that movie category, uh, where a lot of into, a lot of fans haven't been able to obviously not only go to the movie theaters, but there wasn't really a lot of selections or a lot of new movies other than independents that were coming out. So it's good to see there's an investment in that category. If you were into the suspense uh, a horror category film
0: it's a cute little story about gamestop one something that uh, they just did as a kind of a little project that really kind of took off didn't it
1: It took off and it failed at the same time. I mean, and really what was interesting about this one, and I thought it gained a little bit of tech talk and uh, uh, interest, is the fact that a lot of companies right now um, interesting are, you know, uh, from employees' perspective, they're looking for hours. People want to work. And so what happened was GameStop, one of the retailers, um, if you haven't heard of it, they sell new and used video games, had a little competition, and what they did was it was intended to be an internal marketing where they would have uh, competitions between each of their own retail outlets. And the whole idea is that uh, if you watch TikTok or you've uh, ventured onto the program, you see everyone kind of doing a little dance sequence. They do dance routines uh, to a 15 second to a 60 second movie or uh, gaming uh, uh, environment. And so what happened was they did this little competition and the winner hit this bill, the winner of who, of which store uh, was, was gaining the most popularity, got the, the, the prize possession of more hours to work. And so your lucky prize was you get to work The eight hour shift, not the four hour shift. Well, it went viral. And apparently it was big across the US where this has got to be the worst prize. And anyone could have won. And I guess they took it off or they quickly tried to remove it offline. But just imagine if you're competing for a prize and your prize is you get to actually work more hours. We're gonna give you an eight hour shift instead of the four hour shift. You can feel good about wearing that medal around your neck
0: weird stuff. Uh, I, we've been in this house now for about three years, and three years this weekend, as a matter of fact, as it turns out. And yesterday, I just got around to emptying some of the boxes from our move. It's only been three years. You know You know how you just kind yeah. of shove them in the closet and so say, I'll get to that later? And anyway, I, yeah. I came across some uh, three old cell phones. Uh, that, i God knows from where, but I mean, obviously I packed them up when we moved and, uh, I just came across them. Now, the first thing people would think, of, well, I don't need these anymore. I can recycle them and that's certainly an option. But you've done some research and there's a lot more you can do with old phones.
1: Yeah, you may be looking in the same drawer that, or the boxes that you described, Bill, and you might have one of those old Samsung S6, uh, an iPhone 5, uh, or an iPhone 4. Yep. Um, you know, those devices are still very, very capable of being valuable for you. So uh, I wanted just to share a few little tips uh, before you kind of throw it into a landfill site. Um, there's a couple areas that I thought were quite advantageous you could use it. Number one, you, might, you could use it as a security camera. Very easily, can you turn the camera on and it will allow you the capability to actually monitor um, inside your home. Now, there's all new devices, new cameras, and otherwise coming out, but a lot of the older phones, and I'm talking about ones that are three years and older, they all have phenomenal cameras. They have great camera work. Uh, they'll work with your Wi-Fi. As long as it's got a power source and the access to your Internet's on, you could have a full-time internal security camera in your home. Um, the other option I thought I would also recommend is that you can use your phone uh, as a remote control. And if you have Amazon prime, uh, Roku, uh, Apple, any one of the latest TV uh, systems that are available today, your phone still is capable of being used as a remote control. So, Why not use it? And it might be uh, pretty handy to have your phone sitting down and you just open the app and you can control your television. It adapts quickly with the program you have and you might find it much more advantageous. And the last one, and this one I think most people could appreciate, is we all have Bluetooth speakers sure it syncs with your current phone but sometimes you just want to load up your 1.8 million songs and you just want to have it available at all times without you know getting your phone out and syncing it so one of the last recommendations is for a very inexpensive cost of Bluetooth speakers take your old phone sync it with your Bluetooth on your older phone and just use it like an iPod if you remember do you remember iPods Bill? yes I just do. used for music <laughs> anyway a lot of these are very very capable just to be an ipod or a music device so those are my three recommendations security camera you definitely want to consider that too a remote control with most of our new tvs and finally use it as a ghetto blaster it will come in very advantageous for those times you just need to get your music up and running
0: exactly and by the way all these old phones have earphone jacks too if you're so inclined uh but that's the good old days this is an interesting app that you've uh, discovered it's called natural cycles explain that
1: Natural Cycles is actually a product, medical product, that's been coming out. And, you know, when we talk about birth control, it's pretty much uh, the standard. You go to the doctor, uh, you prescribe the medication, you go to the pharmacy, and you'll be able to, uh, you know, get your prescription accordingly. Well, this was just signed off by the FDA. Uh, and what this means is that now there is a app. That can control your birth control and it's a digital birth control and it, and it allows you to, uh, link it within the device is called an aura ring. Um, and what's interesting about this is that it's been, when, it, when I say it's been approved, it's been through the testing to justify the fact that it actually can help with your cycle. And so a lot of younger teenagers that are looking for a more healthier way of, uh, possibly controlling birth control, there's now an app for that bill. And I think we talk about that g- generally of, wow there's an app for everything yes there is and one of the things about the app is it tests uh daily temperature measurements it's actually using artificial intelligence to track a woman's cycle and be able to predict the days of when you would least likely to be pregnant so if you're looking for a app to control that sort of uh element it's available uh and it was just approved by the fda it's called natural cycles
0: uh, a year or so ago, you told us a story here on Tech Talk about Walmart. Uh, cause I know you love robots and you, so you were all over the story, but Walmart was actually going to start using robots to stock shelves and, and to manage the shelves. You know, that's as low as this is high. That's the sort of thing. And I know at the time there was a lot of pushback for, on Walmart saying, look at, you know, these are people that, that are getting, you know, booted out of their jobs. Uh, well, it's, uh, I guess what it is. Uh, the contract is up and the people won
1: yeah well this is what happened was walmart did a four-year test it was a pilot project and the idea behind it was that the robots would roll up and down the aisles determine what areas and what products need to be stocked and updated and uh reshelved, if you will and i guess uh walmart made this amazing discovery bill and you know what that is the fact that humans their staff these are living breathing carbon-based people um i guess old school were actually more efficient and were able to determine that a shelf needed to be stocked quicker and was able to accomplish that goal in a much more efficient time. Who knew? So I guess uh, robots are not the solving of our future issues when it comes to replacing jobs and Walmart specifically determined that humans are much more efficient. They are quickly capable of seeing when a shelf is empty and were are very productive when it came to restocking it at a much more efficient and timely uh, fashion. So I think this lesson is don't fear completely that robots are going to replace every job that's on the market right now. You
0: got just a couple seconds left and you've been talking about the expensive uh, cost of data in this country and uh, you've got reports now that kind of verify that.
1: Yeah, it's official. Canada won first place, and I'm very proud. There's always times you want to win first place, Bill, and this is not one of them. Yes, Canada has won the title of one of the most expensive data to be purchased in the world compared to multiple countries around the world, and we're talking third world countries for that matter. Canada has ranked in the top three to hold the most expensive data. Now, I'm sure a lot of people listening right now are going, I could have told you that. Um, But the reality is, if you needed a statistic to support it, the answer is yes, you're right. You are paying the most expensive data in the world for uh, for what we get. And I'm referring to the speed that you get and how much you get. So I share this with you because the liberal government made an announcement back in the last election that they would claim they would lower the rates by 25 percent. That hasn't yet happened. The only thing I can tell you is that even if they knocked off 25 percent, we're still in the top 10 most expensive data to be purchased in the world
0: good to know okay uh, <laughs> uh, we're out of time lots more to talk about we'll have to shove some of this stuff off to next week uh, enjoy the rest of summer apparently it's going to be real nice all weekend so you can do that and we'll talk to you next friday adam thanks for this
1: thanks bill have a great afternoon
0: you too uh, tech talk we do this every friday brought to you by vacuum the bill kelly show weekdays from nine to noon on 900 chml